Hi everyone, it's BJ Mendelson, the host of Lalo TV. This week we're doing something a little different. We're giving you a sneak preview of Veeped Crusaders, a show that we've been talking about all summer. Uh, we, we've tried to produce it a number of different ways. I think that this is still a pilot and still not quite where I want it to be, but it's still good enough where I feel like I'd like to share it with you. So this week we're going to share with you the pilot episode of Veeped Crusaders. I hope you enjoy. Weibo TV will be back next week. Uh, and then hopefully in October we'll be shifting to our daily schedule if things remain uh, if things remain working the way that I think that they will work. Well, we we shall see. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed and I encourage you to do the same because um, yeah, we really want to get these episodes out to you as quickly as we can. And so um, there's been a lot of legwork being done to get there. But anyway, let's talk about the Crusaders. The show is basically drunk history. Uh, if we replace the, the, the you know the alcohol with the weed and the American history with comic book history, uh, we're, we do the deep dive with Barbara Slate uh, in this episode, and we also did an in-depth discussion of her comic Angel Love, which was really exciting because I, I think that that's a historically important comic book that often gets overlooked and probably doesn't get the discussion that I think it deserves. So we were really happy to do that. It was a pleasure speaking with Barbara. You're going to hear the whole interview here. You're going to hear Crixley and John Ingram, my co-hosts, uh, discuss Angel Love. And then we hope it probably in a few weeks we'll come back and we're going to do like a radio play version of Angel Love issue one. And then we're going to continue our deep dive into Angel Love uh, as we construct the beginnings of what we hope will be a fun podcast series called Vape Crusader. So it's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm excited to share it with you. It's different than Weibo TV, as you will hear. Uh, just know that we will be back next week with our regularly scheduled shows. And now, enjoy Vape Crusaders. He fucking killed him, man! He fucking killed him! Who killed him? A cop! A lady and a guy! A lady and a guy, man, that's like a massacre. You saw it? No, it, it, was, it was just a guy! No, no! A woman! A policewoman! And a guy! Another guy shot! Another guy! An Asian guy! In the window! At fucking Ted's house! Was the other guy Ted? I don't know! He was a big, gray-haired man and he had a robe and he fucking took a gun and shot him and his brain fucking flew everywhere! I'm gonna be... I'm gonna throw up. What? Uh, oh! Uh, chicken fries! Sick! <laughs> you threw up my printer! I did! Did you break it? I hope not! 420 Pacific Standard Time. The best time. Pacific PST. There's no better time. 420 PST. Forest 4, 420 PNW, everybody. <laughs> PNWs. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Vapes Crusaders. I am going to start up my vape. Uh, this show is brought to you by the fine people at Air Vape USA. And joining me today are my co-hosts, John Ingram and Crix Lee. Thank you both so much. Hello, hello. We're going to talk about the fine comic Angel Love that Barbara worked on in the 1980s and is still impactful um, to this very day and something that we sorely miss. And so let's get right into it. Uh, so segment one is just why does this character matter? Craig's this one was really for you. I really wanted you to, to go into like what Angel Love meant as you <laughs> read it because you're the one that, that brought up the comic. So I'd love to hear... Just what it means to you, like why, why Angel Love? Why do we pick Barbara Slate for this episode? Well, a lot of a lot of it is like <clears throat> going into, and Barbara will mention this later, is that she, when when she goes to conventions, she still gets 
women that come up to her and go, oh my God, I waited for, you know, it was like, I was so excited for the next issue and the next issue. And, and a lot of them were my age at that time. So 85, 86. So I was just turning 14, 71, 30, yeah. So I was like, I think it was like 14, um, in 85. Yes, I was 14. Yeah, you were much older than me because when God I when damn, I talked yeah. to her, she, she was like, uh, I said I totally missed it, and she's like, "Well, how old were you?" I was like, "I was three. She was like, "That that's why you." Yeah, I was, you. I was 14. I think it was my, it was my freshman year in high school. I had just moved to a new place, <clears throat> and. Down this, I lived in what's called the University District because it was near the where, university. Where, where is this? Like you were up in Fairbanks at this In point? Alaska. Yeah, in, in Fairbanks, Alaska, Alaska okay. near the University. Of, uh, and so I lived in what was called the University District. Um, and down the street from my house was um, a little C-store, a convenience store. And they had a comic book rack. And at that time, I honestly, the only comic books I read were Mad Magazine, Cracked Magazine, and anything that had Archie's name on it. And so Angel Love, it just, it struck out to me because the um, the style of the drawings and the style, uh, drawings, the style of the art, um, and just how the characters were built, and because it was the 80s, it gave me like an Archie feel. Like, yeah. I, I still feel like Angel Love is Archie, but trans, you know what I mean? Like she looked like, or, this- like, or at the very least, like at the very least, uh, like it, it could take place in the same. Yeah, place. exactly. Except for she, you know, yeah. she's in New York. Riverdale, of course, is up is well, where Riverdale set is supposed to be like up, up Westchester. Yeah. Westchester. Westchester so upstate New York. Um, sort of. yeah. Is that Sorry, right? I get put, so I get, I get, cause I've lived all over New York. Um, so like Westchester to me is not upstate. Like upstate is like Potsdam, right on the Canadian border. But Westchester is the first suburb, right? If you're heading north, that's the first yeah. thing you hit from the rocks. Because I, I was stupid because I was under the impression that Riverdale for a very long time I thought Riverdale was in California because they were always going to the beach. And like right. again, I grew up in Alaska, <laughs> so I didn't realize that New York, New Jersey, all these places had beaches and very famous ones at that. Um, so when I found out the first time I found out that they that Riverdale was actually New York, I was like, "What?" Well, it's she like Angel Love moved from Scranton, Pennsylvania That's to right. New York City. So I guess she didn't want to. She didn't want to work so at Dunder like, Mifflin. <laughs> That's right. Right. Exactly. But like, yeah. So I mean, it could very well be taking place in the same area. Yeah. I, wait, me look. If you wanted to stretch, it Westchester is right there from New York City. It's very yeah. yeah. It's like right next door. So yeah. So you know, and you've got Angel Love, who's this like working class girl, and she wants to be a, a, a architect. Um, <clears throat> and she, you know, she's got the the. I mean, this could easily be a sitcom. If they animated it like Harley Quinn, this this thing would be amazing because yeah. her roommate is a bubble-headed, white, overprivileged girl from upstate New York um, who doesn't have to pay rent, so she can she can spend all her time. Um, and so in Bar- and, and so you get that with Barbara Slate's comic too is that 
Sorry, that's my gizmo. Is that, you know, you're seeing a perfect offset of New York. Angel Love lives in yes. kind of a shitty apartment, but she lives with the rich girl. So the rich girl, like, will, will and she's a bubblehead. She's basically, Mel. It, it's weird. It's really weird because, like, a lot of these characters, I can just exactly go back and go, that is so-and-so. So, like, the bubble-headed roommate is Melody, basically, from Josie and the Pussycats, mentally-wise and looks-wise. Um, Melody, the drummer uh, in Josie. And then... Um, their next door neighbor, he reminds me a little bit of, of Chuck Clayton. Oh, interesting. And his girlfriend reminds me of Nancy. But but I think it also comes into the the um, aesthetic of the art is very Archie-like. Um, and for me, sometimes I enjoy comic books that are a little bit easier on the eyes. Um, well, it's, it's cool. It's cool. Sorry to interject, yeah. but it's cool to me because I'm really into... Like, I'm really into the the story and the artwork instead of complementing each other, kind of balancing each other out. So I'm very into like, like I, I love. Um, oh God, my phone's going off. I love uh, like Gravity Falls, for example, yes. because I felt like a lot of the content of that show was very much geared towards people like that were older, but it was presentable to a younger audience because our generation are the people that are making these shows now. So like those people are the ones that are saying like, let's put out kid shows that like parents will enjoy watching too. Like they're putting their sense of humor to it. And which is interesting because I'm reading up on angel love right now. And it says, um, that like it, it wasn't intended as a children's comic, which does, you know, conflict with like the art style a little bit, I feel. And it says that it, tackled like uh adult topics uh, right. like and, drug use and, and pregnancy sure. sexual abuse and because it covered all of those things it didn't bear the seal of the comics code authority yes either right and not not to mention the 1987 like the 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 christmas special the last issue that came out had the the four mature readers on the front of it too which is again really interesting to me just visually seeing that art style with with like mature content yeah. put through it right yeah. and you so you've touched on what i was basically uh, what i was coming to, to to next is that um back when i was 14 and the and like right leading right up to the first issue when that came out i mean a lot of things we didn't discuss in public, um, abortion was a very new thing back then, um, and was 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 a new topic of conversation. Um, but it was also very, like, if you got an abortion, you were a whore. Um, and then, like, cocaine use. I never saw anybody do cocaine until I moved to Hawaii, so that was something different for me too. Was because my only experiences with cocaine usage was on television. Um, and so I was reading things in this comic book that I've never, I'd never experienced. But because I read those comic books, I knew, because I read her comic books, I knew what to look for. And coming from Barbara Slate, who basically with, with, Ms. Liz, with Ms. Liz was, she created the first feminist greeting card company. And it was so huge that she was on to the Today Show for it. And so... I felt like reading something that about situations for women written by a woman. Um, 
And I'm not saying men can't write for women. I've seen plenty, like Kenya Barris wrote Girls Trip. And if nobody had told me that, I would have been like, I, I assumed it was a woman. I'm not saying that men can't write for women, but women writing for women is much more clear and concise and sometimes comes without, you know, it's like it comes with dirty Absolutely. jokes, but it also comes with this really is how the world works. Yeah, and, you know, it, it's like a, there's there's the language that's spoken and then there's language that's unspoken. You know, every time that you communicate with someone, and I think that's, uh, I think that's what you're brilliantly touching on is that like she was able to communicate with you in, in a way that a guy can't. Uh, and for that was true for a lot of young women who were reading this this comic. And I'll, I'll jump on it a little bit to talk about the historical context. But um, yeah, Crix, was there was there anything else that you that really resonated with you that you still remember like to this day? It's what you don't see the first time around. And then when you do see it, you're like, oh, my God. And the cockroaches. Yes. And these cockroaches, the, the idea of talking cockroaches came before Joe's apartment. Not yes. long before, but um, with Liquid Television. But these cockroaches live to scare the shit out of the roommate. And so they're like, oh, here she comes. Let's get her. You know, that's <laughs> good. And they talk to Angel and, and, and they're just... It, there's just weird little things. And then like Angel's little imaginary friend. And, um, you know, so it's in, in the, in the beginning, it looks like this is going to be a real realistic, you know, slice of life comic book, which it kind of is. I mean, you've got cocaine usage, you know, and then people that don't want to quit using cocaine, you know, unwanted pregnancy, like all, and even the girl that was pregnant, God, she was getting on my nerves. Um, but she was very, well, I feel like a lot of those, I feel like a lot of those things, like when it comes to addiction and drug abuse and like, you know, then you start leaning into like, you know, the homeless addiction problem and stuff like that. And then everything going on, you know, um, which we don't need to touch on, but like, you know, and then like everything going on, you know, with abortion rights and everything like that right now. Um, it just feels like a lot of the topics that this book was covering, uh, would be very relevant to an like audiences today, but not only audiences today, audiences today that I mean, I know that I'm the youngest one in the group, but audiences today between mine and your ages, like people that want to see, change and want to see like actual improvements and stuff like that i think that it would be a really cool thing to uh yeah maybe do some kind of film revival of this project because i think it would be very relevant i think it would be a great animated series and i'd said you know if james had time if james gunn had time for like he would be the person that should be you know i because i think that he would appreciate the material and appreciate what's going on and plus he has a wonderful taste in music i think he's a lot like me where like i'll see a scene and then i'll start putting a playlist together to how i think the scene will go i had a really interesting conversation with a friend of mine very very quickly when the batman came out because i really liked that interpretation of the batman um like the most reading robert robert pattinson Mm -hmm. one um, but and my friend who is very critical, she's hilarious and she knows what she's talking about because she like works professionally in um, like musical theater and in like film production behind the scenes and stuff like that. And she 
was like, you know, I really liked the movie and I liked the premise, but it was so much red and I hated the soundtrack and it killed the entire movie for me. Um, and I haven't been able to look or listen to that movie the same ever since she made those comments to me um, because I kind of noticed it. So it's also funny too, be, like, cause you're bringing up the soundtracking thing that like, that is so vital to uh, the way that like uh, those kind of feelings are interpreted and everything when like that story is playing out. Yeah. It, it, what, what, what's great about Angel that, that you kind of said, John, was that um, a lot of like I, I took a class in young adult literature and a lot of that is, um, you know, books. And then they they started adding graphic novels and certain comic books um, because it encourages high school, like especially school students, it encourages them to read. Come on, man, let's get the fuck out of here. Okay, uh, let's go. No, it's not working. The battery's dead. Wait. What do you mean it's dead? So I, mean the, I mean the battery's dead. We, the battery's dead. What do you mean? How can I explain this to you differently? The battery is dead. It ceased to live. Do you like to vape? A lot of our listeners do, and for good reason. Vaping is fucking amazing. But did you know that vaping can also be dehydrating? That's right. Vaping can make your insides drier than a mummy's dick. That's why it's important to drink more water than usual when you're vaping. And don't be an ass fetus and wait till your mouth is dry to get some water, because by then it might be too late. And that's when the bad shit happens. And you don't like bad shit happening, do you? Of course not. So next time you vape, remember to stay hydrated. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Vaped Crusaders. You are new favorite show sponsored by air vape usa you can go and buy an air vape legacy pro or any other fine air vape product by checking out the link in the description below this very episode so thank you to our friends at air vape usa uh Crix, i wanted to touch on something that that you brought up before the break uh which which is like the role of the comic books in the classroom because that's something that that barbara and i talked about uh where she says even to this day she still feels uneasy bringing in comics to the classroom even though yo it's become it's become such a mainstream because she remembers the days that i remember right like when i was little uh you couldn't read comics in the school library because uh, that, that stuff rots your brains you know you would get you would get shit like that and, and so she remembers those days too where the books were taboo but now uh comics are all over the classroom i just i just think it's a great thing and i feel like angel love just from what we talked about uh would be perfect i think it should come back yeah, comic books have, have had a definite change, but, you know, and also in the 80s, there was the banned book list. That thing came out when I was, like, in junior high, and um, it was so out of control that the Girl Scout handbook and the Boy Scout handbook were on that list because it promoted conformity. Yeah. And uh, so, like, if I think comic books were just was just a slapdash on that list which is like no comic books period and but what i don't get is that especially now in the times that we're living in and you know teenagers are way more with it than we were you know because like i was born bi before internet so or bc before computer 
Um, I don't, I, I think that, that DC is missing a golden opportunity to bring in a whole new audience for Angel Love because not one word has to be changed out of this comic book for, right. for kids these days or, or young adults these days to understand what's going on. Now, I wouldn't rec, I, I personally would not recommend this comic book to someone. I think you, you should be like a freshman in high school before you start sure. reading this stuff. So, like, fif- 14, 15, 14, well, 15 is a good age. But I was, I was just going to say, and I'm so sorry to interject again. But I was just going to say, like, my, now I, I graduated in 2009. Um, and, uh, my comic, my, library in my high school had a whole big section of manga and comic books and graphic novels that you could read and they had shit in there they had but like they didn't know what they were putting on the shelves so like they had the uncensored like japanese manga of like dragon ball they had like sandman in there like there was like some shit in there that was like very adult oriented i'm almost certain there was a copy of watchmen that was always checked out um, like there was some very adult oriented stuff in there that was just like available to these freshmen in high school. But I think it's really cool because, um, I mean, like, I don't know, my, uh, son is a lot like me. He taught himself how to read. And lately I just got the, the hardbound, like Calvin and Hobbes entire anthology thing. And him and I have been reading that together. Nice. Um, and like BJ, I'm pretty sure that you've said that like comic books is kind of how you learned to yeah. to read as well, right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things that Barbara had mentioned in the interview was that she had run into someone at Staples, uh, and the guy asked her, you know, what she does for a living, and she said she did comic books. And he's like, was it something that I would remember or I've read? And she's like, no, no, you're a guy, so no. Uh, he says, well, well, tell me what it is. And she goes, well, it was Angel Love. And he's like, oh, I taught myself how to read with Angel Love. And, and so, like, you know, that, that really resonated with me when she was telling me that because that, that was the same for me. Like, I really struggled reading books. I had some dyslexia. I got some OCD, ADD, you know, ADD issues. But for whatever reason, I, I, was, I was able as a child to focus on what was happening in a comic book. I think because you had to take it in visually at the same time. So it kind of slowed you down as opposed to, like, reading through a book. And, yeah, uh, all of my brother's older older brothers comics i that's how i learned to read i was just reading through all of them yeah i wish i had angel love though yeah it's the, well yeah i wish you did too because the variety of of like i'm sorry the used kids got it good these days but it's true <laughs> kind of because they, like yeah. i grew up in a very rural farm town in alaska yes. before i went to fairbanks my only knowledge of comic books outside of archie and um cracked and mad was classics illustrated because my sixth grade teacher had them in the classroom and we could check them out anytime we wanted so you had like dracula frankenstein uh wolfman um i i want to say a tale of two cities but those were my graphic novels back in the day form coherent thoughts when smoking <laughs> weed and talking. So this will be an interesting challenge as we continue to do I was going to say, that's what's going to make this show so interesting, though. We just yeah. kind of own it. Uh, so hello, everyone. Welcome to our the last segment of 
I almost said the last segment of Airvape USA, but that's that's the reverse <laughs> of what I meant to say. Brought to you by Airvape USA. Thank you. Yes. Airvape USA, you're smoking it. That's right. Yeah, I am. Liter- I think it's used very often. <laughs> I am literally smoking it right now as we're doing the. This show is brought to you by Airvape USA. If you would like to purchase an Airvape USA product, please check out the show description below and click on the link. We get a nice little kickback and. It's worth it, bro. Wins. Yeah, uh, you get a great product, and we get to continue doing the show. I think that's awesome. So, that being said, let's go to our last segment. Really, what we want to talk about here is whether or not we think in 2022, angel love still matters. I, I think we've more than touched on this, but like, yeah. What? Tell me, tell me what you think an angel love movie would be like, because I think that's a way to answer this question in a different way. Like, if angel love was coming out as a movie. How do you think people would respond to it? Well, it's weird because if you did an animated, I, I think that the mo- the movie would survive better animated. However, if you got someone like James Gunn or James Wan or somebody who likes to work with a lot of colors and, and different lighting schemes like Dead Silence, I've seen that movie once a week or I mean once a month for like the last four or five years and that movie still scares the shit out of me. So I think you need someone who understands um, also what is funny and what isn't. And James has such a... And plus James is... I think he's a little bit older than me but not by much. Or he might be like a couple years younger but he grew up in that same era. So he has a, you know, he has a vast knowledge. I mean, there's songs that people hadn't heard in like 25 years or had never heard at all until Peacemaker, like that theme song. Right. The band got dumped by their agent that day when, when uh, Peacemaker came out and now this song, now they're out touring again, you know, and I love that story. Yeah. And so James has this ability to find songs that you wouldn't think would fit that would fit if he made it live action. Um, and he's got a good sense of, you know, he's got his stable that he likes to use, just like every director has their stable of actors they like to have. And I think James Gunn would do a great job. I think James Wan would do a great job too. I'd, and Or you get the women, you know, like, I don't know, is Amy Heckerling still directing? Or if you get women, a little like Allison Anders or someone else a little bit older, um, like I wouldn't necessarily trust, uh, no shade to you young directors, but I wouldn't trust anybody under 30 to direct well, That's my policy film. in general. Yeah. That's, that's my life Don't trust anyone general. over 30, but yeah, I wouldn't trust someone. Who, I mean, like, yeah, they they read the material, you know, they know what's going on, but at the same time, they didn't grow up in that time period. Yes. So they can never understand what it was like to grow up in the 80s. You know, they have the context of what they think it is, which is neon leg warmers and this, yeah. that and the other thing. But that's that's not all the 80s were about. And if you're reading it's Angel up. Love and then doing this instead of. You know, remembering that it was cocaine and and like Wall Street and people on Wall Street did cocaine all the time. And, you know, New York in the 80s, you know, like it's it's basically New York in the 80s before Times Square became the Disney store. Yeah. So um, I I think that there are several directors that would be able to, to handle it and handle it well. I would even think like 
I don't know if he'd be interested because it's all white people, but like <laughs> even someone like Jordan Peele. You know, I wonder though if they would, if she would necessarily, does she necessarily have to be white in 2022? Right. No, no, I don't think, yeah, I don't, think, think, yeah, I, don't I think. I mean, honestly, I think that they can spin it. I mean, just as the, as the, the younger person in the group, like I think that, uh, that, like approached in in the right way like i I think it's really gonna be a lot about the script and the content i don't think it's really gonna be like face value things like that um i don't know i mean like you know we had we had um zendaya as mary jane and like everybody loved when that happened like that was fantastic you know um so i don't know i think that it could be Directed by Scorsese. Um, but you have to remember, this is the <laughs> 80s, right? So, <clears throat> yes, there should be people. I'm, I'm, I'm a person of color. <clears throat> I would love that she was, I would love it if she was Asian, but unfortunately, New York in the 80s, yes. it really was sure. a shitload of white people. Um, but, but in her comic book, you know, she does have friends of different color. Like I said, their, their next door neighbor is, is black and his girlfriend is black. And, um, you know, you do see this cavalcade, but the majority of it, unfortunately is white. Well, let, let me ask, let me ask you a question. Like if Angel Love were to come out today, would it have to necessarily be set in the eighties? Do you think it would, it would lose something? Yes, it does. Okay. Because... Of the time, I mean, every for two reasons. Everyone is has such a fucking boner for changing the time period and not letting a period piece be a yes. period piece. And mm-hmm. for me, this is a period piece, even though the subject matter is timeless. Where it's set is just as important as what's as the characters and the story itself, because. Especially now with the abortion issue, it it allows women and young young women and girls, uh, young women and girls, young women and and fuck it, anybody under thirty, it allows them to see we had, they had to go through as much shit back then as they do now. No, but I, I think you're I think you're spot on because I, I think. Uh, we we there's we suffer from context collapse when it comes to the 80s today, right? Like we see neon, we see Stranger Things, we go, oh, that's the 80s. But I think, as you correctly pointed out, yo, that's not all of what it was. Like it was a really dark time for the United States, for the United States government, with Reagan and his cronies just wrecking everything uh, and giving birth to Trump through Reagan's policy. So like, yeah. And so yo, it's interesting because I, I had asked Barbara, what do you think? What do you think Angel Love would be doing today? Uh, and she said that she would be out protesting. Um, and she also said that she might have a daughter. Uh, and, you know, at the time that I spoke with her, uh, Cassidy Hutchinson was testifying before the January 6th committee. Uh, and she said to me, you know, Cassidy could very well be Angel Love's daughter. You know, because she's at, she would, the character would now be at that age where she would have so um, a, a kid in that situation. Uh, so let me just, let's just bring it all to a close. Like, what, Cricks, I'd love to ask you, like, what you would say to Barbara, having been a reader and having been impacted by by having the comic in your life. I, I would just like to, you know, give you that for that opportunity. To, to oh, I just got a big smile on my face. Um, 
first of all, thank you for giving me something that I've carried with me throughout these years. And I've, I've gone through some pretty bad times, but I've, I've always felt like things that I saw in your comic book helped me realize that you know, I, I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna get through it. I don't know if I would have been the same if had I not had your comic book to turn to. Um, and DC needs to like re-release this series. It's so timeless and it's timely at the same time. I mean, they, I'm so glad that they were, they were cool and put and included her in this new collection of uh, a new compendium called um, DC through the eighties, the experiments. I mean, that says a lot that DC's like, yeah, you guys, you remember this comic book? Maybe check this out, but they should, I, I, I just feel like they should be giving Barbara a, a push and, yes. you know, telling girls, there's some girls that are very intimidated by comic books. Like I was, um, because all you saw out there were male generated, male oriented, male gaze. You know, there was nothing for the female gaze or whatever you want to call it. And I was very intimidated by those covers now, but seeing hers, it just looked like a friendly face. And, and I think sometimes that's what women who are being introduced to comic books need is kind of a friendly face. Now I could recommend R-rated comic books all day long, but it's harder to recommend comic books that are more accessible. Yeah, it's it's right, except more accessible. When it comes when it comes down to it, my first suggestion every single time is going to be Angel Love. So what you guys think of the show? like it that's great because we loved making it go ahead do me a favor drop on down there do the thing everybody asks you to do leave a review you know because every great review you know from you makes us you know more and more capable of you know making another great episode of it crusaders where everybody can get together and smoke some pot and talk about comic books all that it's a it's a good it's a real good thing it's a real good time take 10 seconds do the five stars description great job that'd be a perfect review that's perfect super helps us out feel like we can count on you you know so just do the thing um it'd be super tight i ran way off script but uh please leave us a review we would be very grateful catch you next time on vape crusaders vape crusaders Brand new show, Fave Crusaders.